Welcome to Red Alert, and everyone, listen, uh, Cindy is in the background right now, she is, um, she is plucking feathers from a chicken right now. <laughs> actually, I have to, to be t- honest, I'm actually picking something out of my teeth, but you're not supposed to tell anybody that. I didn't even know that, but here, you know <laughs> what, I'm, I'm Joseph Damas, because I was told that I was, I was an uneducated hockey fan. I was Ooh. told I was clueless. I was told that CVY listens to season ticket holders for roster decisions. And I was told that I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. And guess what? I know what I'm talking about. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I was wondering, I was wondering to myself, as I'm sure everyone who regularly listens to this podcast is wondering, how long is Chaps Victory Lap going to last on this show? Listen, my, my victory lap is going to be as long as, like, the person who wins the Daytona 500 this weekend. There I'm, you go. I am just going to do donuts in the grass, and I am going to make everything known. I told you guys. I literally told you guys last week that the Rebbings would make a run, and I was told I was clueless, that I made baseless claims. And then when I backed up my claim with actual reasons, I was told, no, that ain't the same reasons. That that ain't that ain't logical. Blah 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 blah. But guess what? I'm right. I yes, told you, you were. I told yes, you, you were. I told you because listen, you could look at the you could look at the games and the games that they lost before the All Star break, and you can be like, man, they're not a good team. But there's some things that you just have to look in the inside. And I remember when I did the Lions podcast, and they were one and six, and I said. I think this team is going to win some games down the stretch. I didn't know they'd go seven and three down the stretch, to be honest. But you know that's that's how it goes. But I said they would win some games down the stretch, and people crucified me for that. And then when I was right, I said, even to my podcast partner Tyler, I said on the Lions podcast, I said, "See, I was right." And you're and you're talking you're talking all this junk about everyone's talking all this junk about it, but I was right. So victory lap. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, I have never been so happy to be wrong as I am now because even even my podcast partner. <laughs> this is twice in a row. I've been rebuttaled by Tyler or Cindy, you know, Blinds Podcast, Rubbing's Podcast, where they doubted my Joe skills. <laughs> hey, look, I didn't doubt you. I just thought because in the past, Joe, you know, you've always been just and I'm not saying it's great, not great to be positive, but you're like a homer, man. I mean, you oh are always I saying not, you're going to no, do no, better. No, 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 no. Yes, you are. You're a homer. I am not a homer. That's that's ridiculous. Scratch that from the record. There's going to be a bleep out section where, you know, when you say that, because <laughs> that is totally uncalled for. Very, very hurtful words to me. I am not a homer. I just look at it like this. When I see that they're playing good, when I see that you know the little things are happening that, that that you want to happen for the team, when you see that the Rebels are playing, you know they're playing good on the four check, they're just and they're getting good opportunities, but they're just not cashing in on it. I'm like, okay, this team. There's only a matter of time before this starts to click. You know, there's only a matter of time before they start hitting these goals and they start making the right plays on defense and where they start getting that crucial save from Billy Hughes. So, and I just knew. After the Edmonton game, I knew they were going to make a run. Like I just knew. 
the way they played Edmonton in that game against uh, at home where they lost 5-2, I know they lost 5-2, but you you got to understand where I'm coming from. There's little things in the game I took away. Because when you play the game of hockey, when you have watched hockey all your entire life, like, you know, some people say they've watched hockey their all their entire life, but when you when you talk to them, you're like, this guy don't know Bukas. Listen, I told you, there's a little things that they're doing right, and it's it's happening, but it's only a matter of time before they get together and make it ha- happen. You know, it's, it's, that's how it works, especially when you're under a new coach and a new system like the Red Wings are. It, it was going to take time, and they didn't have their they didn't have their top six forwards for the longest time. And we got to talk about Verona coming back because you know there is one person on this podcast that says Verona was never coming back. He got part of the alien invasion that we've been seeing, you know, across the United States. So we'll talk about that. But listen, I don't know. I, I just, I just don't know what you want to see to do for me. This, this has been uh, one of these weird times in this whole spectrum where the Red Wings are playing really good hockey, and we're starting to see it happen at a good pace. And Cindy, she floated away, and I think she's part of the alien invasion. But we'll get her back in the next. Uh, we'll get her back in the next segment of Red Alert podcast. But I got, I got to let her know. Like I just have to let her know that she was wrong and I was right. And all you people who doubted me, you're wrong and I was right. I told you that Red Wings would get back on track. I told you they would play at a better pace, and no one agree with me except there was a couple people but let's just be honest a lot of people disagreed with me we'll get to that in the next segment of red alert all right so cindy is back she's back from the planet uranus and um <laughs> she's back she's back because you know the uranus people they took her because they thought that uh, she was doing a podcast with a madman and she's back we went back. Yes, to, I'm, we went, I'm back. I'm back we, from the the other side. I don't we, know where I went. We sent NASA up there to go get her. It was it was a government it, mission. It was Chinese spy balloons, Joe. They we crossed a, over my space, my my over by my place, and that's what happened. And they interrupted it because they knew that we were speaking the truth. We were speaking truth to power here. Yeah, you know, here's the thing about the Chinese spy balloons. Um, <laughs> you know, no matter what people think of them, I, I think it's pretty funny that, you know, Chinese have to go back to, like, ancient history and fly balloons. Well, here's the thing. They're just jealous because they can't play hockey. That's all. What, what, a, what, a, what a great chance for us is to learn American <laughs> stuff. You know, it's like, man. But you know what? The, I hope the Chinese spy balloon spies on me being Joe Stardamas. And me saying, you know, everything correct because you know the Chinese they need they need to learn they need to learn what's what's real. That's right. They need to le- learn what's real, and, and they they need to get they need to get on the ice and start learning what we know is hockey's the greatest sport on the planet. So well, with, well, with their pop- the with, with, with their population, they're gonna have like seventy percent men in the country pretty soon. So <laughs> it's about time to start playing hockey or, or join a sport. That's right. That would be kind of fun, wouldn't it? Be fun. Well, they would be probably they probably be brutal at hockey like uh, Japan was, but you know, at least Japan tries. 
Yeah, that's true. At least Japan tries. Okay. So, so before before you got taken by aliens, uh, in yes. Chinese spy balloon, and uh, I'm back know, from my alien abduction, where you, you know, aliens, you know what aliens do. Aliens came to Chesterfield Township, Michigan, and you know, staked their claim with taking a political figure. Uh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking, and I, 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 before you got cut off, before you got abducted by the aliens, um. I was talking about how, like, you know, the Red Wings have turned it on in the past couple games. Obviously, they're seven or three in their last ten. We all know about my claim to fame about how, you know, the Red Wings are going to we're going to get on a run, and people called me clueless, and that's okay, fine, it's fine. I would, the, people called me uneducated too, but that's not even true. But the Red Wings are seven or three in their last ten, and, and what is the biggest thing you take out of this, Cindy? So, well, as I said, I, I'm really, really glad I was wrong uh, because I was concerned. I And the reason I was concerned is the same reason my takeaway is this. Something has happened that turned this entire team around. My concern was we didn't see consistency. We saw tons of inconsistency. We we saw them not starting on time, not ending on time. I mean, they're starting on time, but they, they were going into overtime all the time. They only did that once. And shocker, they actually won in the shootout, which was amazing. Thanks to one of the NHL players of the week, Dylan Larkin, and we'll talk more about his contributions. Um, I hope that shuts all those people up too, as to whether or not he's actually worth, uh, you know, a reasonable contract. Uh, of course he is. And he's done nothing to prove it. I think you've got a lot of stats on that. So uh, I was not encouraged because I didn't see the Red Wings making any changes. I didn't see them changing their trajectory. And then when they were going into that Canadian trip, uh, they weren't doing well on home at home yep. ice. Uh, they weren't, you know, they're, they weren't taking advantage of the, they weren't scoring on the power play. Their penalty kill needed help. We still had all kind of holes on defense. You had your goaltenders that weren't reliable. We were just, you know, crushing poor Billy Huso. I mean, he had to do it all and all that kind of thing. So I didn't see them making any elemental changes. I don't know what Derek Lalone said to these guys, or maybe the big man himself came down into the locker room to give these, these guys a talking to. I don't know what it was, but something has shifted inside the Wings organization. I don't know what, uh, but the, something with these guys has shifted because I'm seeing more consistency. Mm-hmm. We're, we're turning around all those areas that we said they needed to turn around. The takeaway is they are beginning to do exactly what we said they had to do to win hockey games, and now they're winning 7 out of 10. That's exactly what we said they needed to do to get back into this playoff race, and that's where we find them today, is that they are hot on the heels of one of those um, wild card spots. And Joe, I'll tell you what, I was looking at the numbers yesterday, and with the number of games they have to go, I think they are positioned incredibly well, because they have more games yet to play than two out of the three uh teams two in the wild card and then the third one that's right on underneath there which i think is buffalo uh which would be contending with them for the wild card spot so they've got a tremendous advantage there uh to pick up some of those points to get them into the wild card but i'll tell you what i was even looking at the third place position new york rangers and i was looking at that number saying well they're they're in the metro division though so or metro yeah uh i said i was looking at the those numbers going Hmm. I'm thinking they might even be able to make a run there. 
Well, yeah, well, they're in the Metro Division, so they can't make a run there. Well, not. And I wish, I wish they would go back to the old playoff format because it's stupid to have these divisional alignments where it's confusing as all hell. Because like, I really don't think that the Leafs should be playing the Lightning in the first round. I think that's just ridiculous. I mean, good for the Lightning because they're gonna get the Leafs, but the Leafs should be playing a team like, um, you know, the one of the first teams that gets in. You know, it's not fair because Boston's been on a tear. But it was, like we said with, when we were talking last week, we were talking about the games in hand. You know, you were talking about the games in hand that they have over, I think it's Florida and Washington. They have games in hand. And we were talking last week and we were saying, you know, you're asking, you just said it perfectly. You know, you don't know what happened to this team. Maybe it was uh, Stevie Y or Derek Lone. And I really don't think it was neither of them. I think it was the St. Louis Blues they have on the roster. Because if you remember, what was it, two years, three years ago, where the St. Louis Blues, where they were last in the Western Conference and they made a run? The Red Wings were nowhere close to last in the Eastern Conference. They made a, they've, they've made a significant headways. And David Perron even said it yesterday. He's like, we just got to keep winning. We just got to keep winning. We just got to keep winning. Because everyone ties David Perron back to that year where St. Louis went on a run and they went towards the Stanley Cup Finals. And if you're going to start a playoff kind of atmosphere this is kind of where you start you know february or middle of february is where you start and you just keep building on and building on and building on yeah no you know you know why i said new york rangers because i was looking right at them um but tampa bay lightning is it doesn't matter the, the point is that the new york rangers they've got the among the top six there they're the next one up in points but the tampa bay lightning are in the same position 73 points right now so the the wings actually have a shot at it because they're sitting there at 60 points but um i think they have got an opportunity there i mean really 14 points what, what seven games yeah and they play they play tampa bay a couple times they play tampa bay a couple times too yeah it, it, yep. everyone everyone's and... ta- everyone's talking about the schedule and how hard it is and it is a hard schedule to come come out of but the way the red wings are playing i they can play with anybody you know, they, they went to Edmonton. Edmonton's a really good team. They held Connor McDavid off the board pretty much. He didn't get a goal in the two games that they played, and they frustrated the hell out of him. He was getting frustrated by Cider. And I, I love the way Cider's been playing. You get Jake Wallman back. Verona's going to be back at some point. He's going to be in the lineup. But I, I know why Lalone's keeping him out. Obviously, he obviously he wants to uh, not disrupt the chemistry that these lines have right now in this winning streak. And, Listen, that's perfectly fine because if you look at the way this team has been playing, David Perron, we were talking in the last podcast, Cindy, we don't have a player over 30 points. Now we have, like, seven of them. Yep. So that's 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 the key. And obviously, Lucas Raymond being out is going to be a big uh, – it's going to hurt a little bit. But I think that if Jacob Verona can come back and, and do what he did in Grand Rapids, I think he could really help this team. I think so too. And I think he really wants an opportunity uh, for a second chance. I really do. I, and I think he's going to try to make the most of it because he knows Jacob Brana knows he doesn't have too many more chances coming up. You know, he had the same problems in Washington. One of the reasons probably why we got him. He had, this is not a, you know, that when you have an issue like that, it follows you. And right. so, um, it's not like, you know, he's going to run out of teams to play for, and he's a young man still with a long career ahead of him. So 
if he's going to make a home anywhere, if they're going to give him a second chance, I think he's going to take great advantage of that and really try to contribute and show that that he is managing his issues uh, enough to be a contributor to the team. Well, I look at it like this. Like, I look at it like, you know, one of the worst, one of the best motivations for a person is a final chance. You know, a chance to, I mean, there's people that, you know, they were living the hard life of alcohol and drugs or whatever, and they have a near-death experience. Not saying he's had a near-death experience, but like a near-death experience to his career where it was literally literally on the brink. And they come out, and some people who are very strong and minded and and have have a good head on their shoulders, they come out of that and they go, I can't lose this chance. You know, I can't lose this chance that I have, an opportunity I have to actually make things happen in my life. And 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 for Verona, it's more about his career. Like you have a second chance on your hockey career, you better make the most of it. Oh, no doubt. And I think that he could end up really being a huge contributing factor uh to the ongoing success for the Detroit Red Wings. And um I'll tell you what, for people who are who are doubting Dylan Larkin, uh, they should be doubters no more. And I'll and I but I get it. At the same time, let me tell them this. I get it, okay? Um, I understand because when I'm and I and I've said this before, when I first became associated with Dylan Larkin and I first met him and uh started watching him and talking to him and all that kind of stuff, you know, it was probably three, four years ago now, three, yeah, yeah thereabouts. I didn't like him either. I really didn't. I, yeah. I, he didn't. He didn't impress me as a player mm-hmm. when I was starting to really learn the game and um and really being a student of it. I was kind of like, what? Uh, you know, I mean, I and and just just as a a leader, uh, being a leader myself for a really long time, uh, like recognizes like, and I didn't see, I didn't see him as a leader at that time, I believe everybody's got potential. You know, there were just certain quirks and things about Dylan that I, that I, I wasn't sure I cared for, but I'll tell you something. He has changed so much from four years ago. I, now I'm his biggest fan. I mean, I I can't advocate enough for the guy. I mean, really, he has done a tremendous amount of work, a tremendous amount of development, a tremendous amount of growth. And I think for people who are, pissed off and have a, you know a chip on their shoulder or an extra grind or use whatever saying you want about Dylan Larkin for why you don't like the guy take a fresh look at him do it like I take a fresh look like I did and let's look at what he has done for this team as a leader and as a performer and as a producer just this season he started it last season and he's really coming into his own this season please take Take a look at Dylan Lark with fresh eyes. That's all I'm saying. In 26 wins that the Red Wings have had, I mean, uh, yeah, 26 games played that he's been in a win. In a win, he has 15 goals, 25 assists, 40 points. So 40 out of 26 games played, 40 points. That just shows you that he drives the bus. And I know people are a little bit hesitant to call him a number one center or number two center or whatever. Whatever. The, the fact of the matter is, this guy is part of your core. He's a part of your rebuild. And he's a huge part of your team moving forward. And I think that Stevie Y understands this. Obviously, I think what Stevie Y did with the contract negotiations is I think there's a deal there right now. I think there's a deal there, but he hasn't presented to Dylan Larkin. And that's fine. He's presented to Dylan Larkin. He's presented, you know, he hasn't presented the final offer that he's going to give him. 
But I think he did it to motivate him and see what he was made of. Because I think that's when you know what kind of player you have is when you motivate them in a certain way. I agree with you. I think he absolutely did that. And and I think Steve's had to do that in the past. Um, I think he's learned to do that. And he, he used it as leverage. He used it as a strategic motivator. I, I, I could absolutely see him doing something like that because he knows what motivated him. Yeah. Well, you know, he had that he had the thing with Steve uh, Scotty Bowman where he was nearly traded. Yeah. And yeah. I think I think he's doing the same thing psychologically to Dylan Larkin. Like, listen, kid, you have to get your game in order. I want you to be a better leader, a better player, a better uh, player for this team, and I want you to start making the plays necessary and showing exactly what it means to be a Detroit Red Wings captain. Because when you're a Red Wings captain, there's a lot laid on you. I don't care what it is. I, I think. It's one it's one of the ten places where you have the most things happening. Well, and here's the thing. This is when you learn really about leadership. This is when you learn when you are navigating or captaining your crew and the ship through the troubled waters is when you learn how to get through the storm. Do you know what I'm saying? And so that when you get on the other side and you're in calm water, then you can you know, make some distance because you've made it through the storm. And also it's a bonding experience. You made it through the storm together. And this team, Dylan Larkin, I don't care who you are. Uh, talk about whatever you want. It's getting going to be harder and harder for all these critics, A, to criticize his performance, but B, it's going to be real hard to criticize his leadership because this is a captain who is navigating this ship through very troubled waters and they will play for him. They are playing for him. They are supporting him. He is yep. no longer the kind of, I don't know, what are things I've heard about him, you know, stuck up brat, yep. uh, you know, whatever they want to say, why they don't personally like Dylan Larkin. He's not that guy anymore. Even if he was, he's not that guy anymore. And some people would argue he never was. But the point is that this is a guy who is doing what it takes now when it's tough so that when they are on the brink of going to that next level, that championship level, he's going to be ready and they are going to trust him because he got him through the tough stuff. Yeah. And I think you've hit on a great point. I think one of the things that you hit on that was really good to me is um, he, he navigated him through a tough rebuild. Like it, it was a really tough rebuild for him and anybody who has still been on the team all that time. I mean, I think Dylan Larkin is the one that's been there the longest through those rebuilds because he didn't just go through one. He went through two. You know, when Stevie Y came, that was the beginning of a rebuild for for the Rubbings again. Like it wasn't like, oh, we're we're gonna jump into contention. No, like they went through some lean years when Stevie Y got here. Obviously, they got Lucas Raymond, they got more Cider out of the deal, but they went through some rough times. And I think people blame Dylan Larkin for those rough times. When listen, I don't care who you are. I've heard this. I've heard this story many times from people, like. They think you need elite players to win. They think you need elite players to, uh, you know, win the game, play hard, whatever. The fact of the matter is, they um, you you don't, you need a team. You need a team that can win. You need a team that can progress through it, and you need need you need a team that's good enough to win. And that's that's all that it matters. You can't go through a, a rebuild like that and think that it's one player that's going to make the difference because it, it wasn't one player that made the difference for Colorado when they when they took the next step. It wasn't that one player that made the difference when 
uh, Edmonton took the next step. I mean, Edmonton, for a while, they were struggling. They were not a great team. And that's exactly why you kind of push through. You got to get through the 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 lean years, and you got to get through it. That's that's the issue. Like they, there was a lot of things that happened with the Red Wings rebuild that were just not his fault, and that's that's what has has to happen. And Cindy, I don't know, we lost you through it for a moment. Oh, I I know it's it's the aliens. The aliens were not done with me. They had to come back. And, uh, you know, they wanted an, they wanted another bite of the berry. And so, the, <laughs> but, I, so I, I, but I was saying when, before you left, it, before the aliens took away again, is, uh, you know, when Larkin came in, he didn't go through just one rebuild. He went through two rebuilds. And people right. think that you need elite players to win in the NHL. And if Colorado didn't have the elite talent that they have throughout the team, they wouldn't have won a cup. And as much as Edmonton has elite players on that team like Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid it hasn't it hasn't it hasn't led to anything worth you know bragging about same with the Leafs all these teams that have won like the Tampa Bay Lightning and the and and, and the St. Louis Blues it's all been because they have a deep team and I think people are totally mismanaging the whole part where you need a you need a good team to win in the NHL there's no elite talent that's going to get you through. Yeah, elite talent will get you through for a little bit, but it won't get you through a lot. Well, anybody who would blame either the success or the failure of a team, particularly in this sport, on one guy just shows their ignorance, okay? Because everybody knows that hockey, of all other sports, they play in units, okay? It is the ultimate team sport because they're playing in units, they're playing in pairs, they're playing tandem, right? Goalies play in tandem. Uh, You've got defense pairings, which means two for the people who are, you know, they say the people from Rio Linda, the people who the dumbasses out there, uh, pairing means two, and units and lines are made up of three, okay? So, therefore, because you have a a structure that depends upon multiple uh, people even in to, to form and create one play um you can't blame it on one guy so that's just stupid first hockey, off. hockey is one of these sports it's like football and baseball like one player is not gonna win you a game it's no and they don't really. make a difference they it, can it, inspire one they, player can be an inspiration they can, can be put, a leader they can they can put you in a certain situation where you're you're decent but they won't put you in a spot where they're where you're winning Super Bowls or you're winning Stanley Cups or World Series titles because it just doesn't happen like that. Like, I, don't, I think that's what people don't understand. Like, I've heard from many people that are Red Wings fans, like, oh, he's just not elite, and that, that's the reason we're not winning. Well, the reason we're not winning is because the team isn't wasn't good for years. And Stevie Y has changed it, obviously. With the, obviously, we've the way that Ole Mata's been playing this year, that he's been a great add to the decor. Um, Heronic has has been the beneficiary of that, and the team is better throughout. And we've been missing players through the whole season, and they somehow. I, this is why I kind of had that feeling that they were going to take the next step and start winning games because they're finally starting to get healthy. And I think that's what people just don't really realize. Oh, absolutely! And we talked about last week how these guys were facing like 
the the Murphy's Law of all Murphy's Law when it comes. I mean, it was one thing after another after another. And now they finally got maybe a little bit of stability. They got health that's coming back. They got uh, more reliability in some other guys that were probably part of the original plan to begin with. Now they can fully utilize those guys. That makes a really big difference. So maybe now what we're seeing out of the Red Wings now is what we started to see in the first two or three games of the season. They're back. Yep, exactly. And I think that in October, November, Dylan Larkin was, he had 11 points in October, 14 points in November. And those were the, you know, the year, the months that they had good success. January, he had 11 points in 13 games. He's got 12 points in six games in February. And that's exactly what you're starting to see is that he, they're starting to take the next step. And it's, it's not just because Larkin has turned it on. It's because the lineup has gotten better. It's gotten more healthy. And that's the issue. That was the issue. And look at all the guys who filled it in the meantime around Dylan Larkin. They're, he's not getting all the goals on his own. I mean, you've got guys like John working. you got guys like Cougar. Right. You were losing you a little bit. He's coming back. He got Ron starting to become a part of it. Um, you yeah, I I agree with you. I do. I we lost you for a minute, but uh, I think the I think the Wi-Fi is being blocked by the Chinese balloon. But yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Like I just think that that's they're playing pretty good, and you know obviously their the lineup has really gotten better, and they've been playing pretty well. And that's that's been the issue with this team. And and listen, you got to be excited about the way that this has happened, um, the way they've been playing. And that's just how it's going to go. And that's, they've been playing really good hockey. And that's, that's, that's all you can ask for, for uh, the team. And the way Dylan Larkin has been playing, that's, that's a credit to him. It's been a credit to the organization. It's been a credit to Coach Lone. Obviously, uh, the way that they've been playing, um, you can be happy with the way that they've gotten it back together. I think that was the main issue was trying to get it to, stick the the way that co- the coaches want the team to be ran i think that they're finally starting to hit their stride they're starting to understand the system and they're starting to make the plays that are necessary to win and that's that's the key with this detroit Wings team moving forward and that's how it's gonna go but we got her back what what the heck man i know you've been having a little bit of issues you know oh my god i'll tell you i i'm like all of a sudden, you blinked out. I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. You started like you started like fizzle out, and people heard people heard that fizzling out. But I was like, it's like, oh boy, it's going to happen again. The Chinese spy balloon is back for uh, Cindy. You know what I've done? I have actually left. Elvis has left the building, and I've gone into the mobile command unit, and I'm getting away from this. <laughs> What a bunch of what a bunch of malarkey! But next on the the rubbings, uh, the red alert podcast, we're gonna talk Seriously? about yeah, yeah. But next, next on the red alert podcast, we're gonna talk about the uh, the look ahead to the next couple games, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll highlight players that have really taken the next step in uh, for this rubbings team. That'll be next on the red alert podcast. Welcome back, welcome back to the red alert podcast. 
we just talked about in the last segment the the way that this Rebels team has been playing. It's been it's been pretty remarkable the way they've turned a corner. And obviously, there's some key highlighted players that we have to look at because there's been players that have been instrumental in the Rebels to these wins, and it hasn't been just Dylan Larkin. We we told you in the last thing it's it's when you play hockey it's it's not one player it's a team uh, stat to win a game so obviously with the way Dylan Larkin's been playing that's been great and he's been the player that's really took it to the top but there's also other guys and I'm gonna start first Cindy okay and I think the one player that I think we both can agree on is Robbie Fabry. I think Robbie Fabry in the last couple games, he's been absolutely on a tear. But the, in the last five games, Fabry has eight points, three goals, five assists. There's, there's, that's that's outstanding. Oh, for sure. You know, Fabry scored in the first game that he ever played as a Red Wing when he came here. I was at that game. And uh, I don't know, maybe that started my love affair with Robbie Fabry. I don't know. Not really, but, you know, not that right. I turned it down. He's a good look, good-looking Italian guy. I get it. But, <laughs> but no, but seriously, but this, but Robbie Fabry has really begun to show why Steve Eiserman brought him here yep. um, and, and what he can contribute. And he's been contributing, honestly, from day one. He had a he faced an unfortunate, uh, you know, health situation injury where he had to have something taken care of. But yeah. now he's back, and the fact is he's producing, and I believe that that has really fueled, helped to fuel, uh, the Dylan Larkin rocket ship, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, Robbie yeah. Fabry has been out. He's been literally outstanding. I think that one thing about Robbie Fabry, you could say without doubt, is the kid has a lot of mental toughness. You know, with dealing with that knee injury, and and then it was a second ACL injury, and he's he's yep. comes back and he he doesn't really miss a beat, and that's that tells you it's more important for a player like Robbie Fabry to have the mental toughness to play the game and like not come back and be uh, kind of like cautious because he's been he's been flying around the rink, and that's that just shows you how uh, his mental toughness is and. Uh, and you you can't you can't deny the kid. He's been really really good, and he he's been outstanding the way he's been playing lately. Well, that's the thing, and we talked a little bit about in the last segment how you don't win uh, or or lose, as you pointed out, with one guy. So the whole idea of blaming Dylan Larkin for their success or failure or any one player is is ridiculous. And this is a perfect example um, of of a contributing member of this roster who didn't have the opportunity to contribute in the first half of the season because he was dealing with an injury. Okay. But now he's back and he's showing you why he belongs here. He's proving that uh, he has a roster spot for a reason. Yeah. And I think that's, that's been his calling card and he's been really good. And that's one thing I take away from that was just the way he's been, he's been a really big asset for this team with the three goals that he's had. And and they've, they've been big goals. They've been either, goals to go ahead or goals to tie the game he's been really good uh do you do you got a player that you're going to highlight first oh gosh you you want to give me your favorite guy or can i take him because you know i'm loving johnny burgers johnny burgers has been absolutely he's been out of tear too <laughs> yeah uh jonathan bergen uh who apparently we can call johnny burgers um but i say can i have some fries with that uh but Which makes uh, me hungry. he's 
of course, of course, uh, has been outstanding. And, and when I say, can I have some prize with that? I mean, give me somebody to uh, give me another one of him, you know, give me something to compliment Jonathan Bergeron because he, his play has just been outstanding. His production for such a young player, uh, what a contribution he has made, uh, contributing goals, assists, coming through in those tough spots uh, when maybe some some rookies or some young, young players might make the wrong decisions. It seems like Johnny Berger seems to be making all of the right ones. And so he's playing more like a veteran and playing well beyond his years. And hasn't that been an awesome, awesome surprise? You know, I think at the beginning of the season, a lot of us were looking at uh, possibly uh, Elmer Sauterblom to be that guy, or, or even before that, expecting Simon Edmondson on, on the roster to make a difference. But who would have thought that Johnny Burgers is coming up to make it happen? And uh, I think Jonathan Bergeron has been a tremendously beneficial asset and a huge reason why the Red Wings win seven in, out of ten. Yeah, and I think the one reason that you could say Johnny Burgers has been really good is they've given him more ice time than they have in the past. In the past, uh, obviously, you look at the way he's you know he was averaging like uh, thirteen to fourteen minutes. Now he's been averaging you know the last game he played it was fifteen minutes. He's been averaging more ice time. They're giving him more chances to succeed, and you can see that he's starting to succeed with that. With he's got three goals in the last five games, and that's obviously a great. A stat to have but man he's just been great and another person I want to highlight and this is a guy who started off the season pretty it wasn't a great start for him but most cider five points in the last five games he's been literally he's turned his he turned a corner from his, his rough start he's got one goal four assists in the last five games and you could look at that and you're like this guy is playing the way we expected him to play Absolutely. And there was concern about Mo Sider at the beginning of the year, or excuse me, yeah, beginning of the year, we'd even talked about it a little bit. And that is, would we see a sophomore slump from him? It was looking at the beginning of the season that both he and Lucas Raymond were possibly suffering from a sophomore slump. Um, and we were concerned that that would last the balance of the year. I'm glad to see that it hasn't, that it seems like Mo has pulled himself out of that. And also too, when you've got a guy like that, who's such a huge producer, uh, and, and recognition and all of that, you know, with the Calder Trophy, all that stuff. And um, to, to be that guy, the expectations coming in the next year are so high for him. And I think he just needed to settle down, settle in, and find his stride. And there's no doubt that Mo Sider has done that here in the last uh, what, five, six games. Well, yeah, even in the past uh, month, uh, in January and February, he's, he's, he played 13 games in January. 12 points. He played in February. He's played six games. He has six points. If you go back to October, November, and December, this is a brutal stat line. He played nine games in October, two points. November, he played 13 games. He had nine points, which was a decent start. In December, he had 13 games and only one point. That wasn't going to get it done. And I think that the way he's, the way he's turned the corner, we talked about the sophomore slump. He obviously had a sophomore slump that lasted a couple months, but He's really turned it on the last two months, and, and this is the most cider we expected, and, and it's been really just encouraging for uh, for uh, all of us to see him play this way. Great to see my Momo back. I love him. The one guy I really want to highlight, and this is a guy that we talked about before, um, it's, Mo, it's David Perron. David Perron, the last five games, he's got five points. He's got – five power play assist and when when we talk about the Red Wings and we talk about their winning streak the way it's becoming, we gotta talk about David Perron because 
they've been better on the power play. They've been getting better with the power play chances and, and, and actually converting on the power play. And one of the main reasons of that is David Perron. Well, and, and that, that was the reason that he was brought here. He was brought here for his ability uh, on the, to produce on the power play, and he's finally done that. I mean, really, and I, I would even be willing to say that expect even more out of David Perron because he's just that talented and he's that good at what he does. Yeah, and I think David Perron, that's, that's a guy we expected to be uh, a good power play guy, and he's he's lived up to it. And, and if you look on the Red Wings, the best power play guys have been the newcomers. I mean, obviously, Dylan Larkin has 11 power play goals. But Dominique Kubalik has seven power play goals and, and eight power play assists. Dave Perron, three power play goals, 12 assists. And you just looked on the, you looked on the line, those have been the guys that have drove the bus. And that's and that leads to to our next guy who uh, who really I think is a has been a, a contributing factor to the ongoing success of the Wings and and that is Dominique Kubelik. Yeah. Uh, you know he got he had a real hot streak there beginning of the of the year or whatever and uh, very encouraging and then he kind of took a little bit of a a little bit of a hiatus a little yeah. slump for him but he's coming back up and he showed what he could do at the beginning of the season. And he's showing you again right now. And he's being a, a very important, I think, piece. Uh, you know, he's fast, he's agile. He's, he's putting points on the board. Um, I think he, he's contributed in so many ways. And uh, some of the other, these guys that we've talked about so far, Joe, I know you're talking about Dominique Kubelik, but I got to tell you, I think we've seen tremendous improvement from our pen, penalty killers as well. The penalty kill has gotten a lot better, for sure. A lot better. I mean, and that's really – because we talked about it, it doesn't really do you a whole lot of good. You can put five or six goals on the board, but if the opposition's putting up one every time you score when they're coming back at you and they're, and, and they're winning, you know, they're putting up six, seven goals, it really doesn't matter well, if let's, your opponent always has one more than you. Last time we talked, remember, the penalty kill was 21st and the power play was 20th, right? The power, yep. the power, the power play for the Red Wings is now fourteenth in the NHL, and is the penalty kill is eighteenth in the NHL, and that has really put the Red Wings on another level. Because if you're not good on the penalty kill and you're not good in the power play, you're not going to con- convert on the chances that you're expected to convert on, and it's really going to be a rough time for any team to win games when you're not good in the power play and you're not good in the penalty kill because that will really just that'll take your team down to low of low. And Derek Lalone said as much in his press conferences uh, maybe a month or so ago. I remember he specifically called out special teams and said, this is an area where we have got to do better. And whatever he has done or whatever his special teams coaches have done, uh, that's exactly what's happened. They've, got, they've gotten a lot better with the power play. That's no, There's no doubt about it. And you can see the way that they have some confidence now in and, it. And, and one of the major things that you talk about in any kind of sport is having confidence in what you're doing and the system that you're running. If you're not confident in the system or the, the way that you're playing or you're not confident in the way that you're going out there and you're not confident in the coaches, it could be a rough start. But they've stayed the course. And I, I like I was saying, I think we've lost you when I was talking about it. like this team over the last courses, the last couple, you know, seven, eight games, they've been playing more the way Lalone wants and the players have really bought into that system. And that's exactly what you want. I mean, you, you want a system to look good. And obviously when the talent gets better on the team, whether it be 
through the trade deadline this year or in the off season, you're going to get better players and they're, you're going to be a better team moving forward. There's no doubt about it. Oh, absolutely. And in fact, I think we might even talk about this in the next segment a little bit, but you know, on a go forward basis, moving forward, one of the benefits of this streak, not only does it build momentum, which, you know, I'm huge on huge on the whole idea and the, the, the power of momentum, because I've seen it in so many uh, areas of, of my competitive life uh, where the shift in momentum can be, mean everything. So not only is it a contributing factor in terms of the momentum, but also going into the trade deadline, um, you've got players that are maybe looking to move from where they're at. And they maybe weren't looking at the Red Wings before because they didn't think there was a chance. Now, uh, I think Steve may have, uh, Steve Eiserman may have some additional options, perhaps, that he didn't have before. And um, that could be a game changer for the Wings going forward. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting what happens at the trade deadline because we got two weeks to the trade deadline, March third, which is uh, which is uh, which is a Saturday. No, March fourth is a Saturday. So March third is a Friday. So there's gonna be trades happening that day. It's gonna be interesting to see what Stevie Y does because you look, you look down the stretch that they have right now moving forward. Tomorrow they got Seattle. It's a ten thirty game, but then they got Washington. Washington might be without uh, Alexander Ovechkin. But the two games that are really going to be crucial for the Red Wings and the trade deadline and all that stuff is New York and Tampa Bay. If they can get at least yep. two, if they can get at least two points out of that, it's a win. You know, if you can get two points out of that because you play Ottawa back to back the next week, where you you play them back to back Monday and Tuesday because they're making up a game from there was the snowstorm that happened, right. and that's the, and that's the week of the trade deadline. So. I mean, if you could just stay in this race, like if you could win Seattle tomorrow and you could beat Washington, I mean, you put yourself in a really good position to stack points on points on points. And I think they're going to have an opportunity to do that. I think the momentum that they've built so far is going to really propel them through those games. And I think they will do very well um, in both of those contests, quite frankly. Um They've got a tremendous opportunity with Washington, given given their liability and uh, their loss of, of Alex Vetchkin for, for that game, possibly. And uh, I think Seattle as well. I think, you know, they're not a lot by any means. But, no. um, they're a good but team. They're, they're a good team, but they're a good team. But the Red Wings are playing at a high level right now. And, and any, right. any, rank, any rank they go into, they have the confidence in, in themselves that they're going to win that game. And they have the confidence that they're going to play really, really tough. I'm just I, – I, the games I am waiting to see is those back-to-backs against Boston in March. Those are the two games I might clear my schedule for everything else so that I can uh, either be at that game or, or make sure that I'm watching both of them because I – that would be the exclamation point between now – the story that the Red Wings are telling now – until then, if they can even split those games. It's a win. It's a total it's, win. Oh, it's a huge win. It's an exclamation point on the, here we come, boys. Be ready for us because we're coming. And God, for, God, God forbid if you win if you win both of those games, like that really, oh. that's just the exclamation point on top of it. You, you, you're talking – see, I think before we were talking about like maybe – 
if they put themselves in position, they can maybe make a run. Well, now they're in the position to make that run. And every game matters down a stretch. Like, it, it just does. And we're in a playoff kind of push. I, I said it before, like, you know, now we're in a playoff push. Like, there, there is, you know, people had the expect, you know, they had these, uh, it's not realistic to say we're in a push for a playoffs when you're eight points out. But eight points out is only, what, four and a half, four games? So right. that's what that's the difference in that. And then I think when you when you're CVY, you got the trade deadline coming up. You put him in a in, in a particular spot where now he's gotta think, okay, are we sellers or are we buyers or are we a conservative buyer or are we a conservative seller? So it puts him in a spot where he, he doesn't really know what he's doing. And we talked about in one of the last podcasts, like I think a month ago about being at the all-star break and you want to be like seven points or, you know, we want, you want to be 10 points or better to be in the playoff race. And I think that, I think CVY looked at that and he goes, okay, that's, that's good. And now that you put him in a position where now he doesn't know what the hell to do, uh, that that's a great position to be in. Cause it shows that his team that he's built the, in the off season is, is coming to fruition. Well, here's the reality is that I think the way Stevie was thinking about the trade deadline and the potential contract extensions, the way he was thinking about those things two weeks ago, I think he's thinking of them differently now. Mm -hmm. I think the plan that he had two weeks ago may be getting adjusted. Um, I think he's got reason for pause and to consider a readjustment um, of what he might have been wanting to do. So um, the Wings have what, 20, or the 28 games left? 56 points up for grabs? Yep. So that's that's something to work with, okay? 56 points. Up, they're saying, oh, well, they only have 60 points now. Okay, but really, you're just ba- barely past halfway mark in the season, right? Yeah. You can still have 56 points up for grabs. So if, if they grab... 40 out of those 56 points, I think that puts him in the playoffs. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I think, I mean, I that's think, it. I think that they're 10, 10, 20 wins, right? Yeah. I think they're, in okay. a, I think they're in a position to put themselves in a good spot come, you know, middle of March. I mean, you listen, there's a lot of people who, uh, if you're four points out at the trade deadline, you're in a good spot. If you're less than four points out at the trade deadline, like let's say you're you're literally on course with the wild card, you're in a very very good spot, and that puts Stevie Y again in another position where what is he going to do at the trade deadline? Is he going to, you know, obviously we don't know the the case with uh, Tyler Bertuzzi and his contract. Do you trade Tyler Bertuzzi, but do you get someone back in that could help you right now? But that's one of the things I think that Stevie is looking at, like, or he says I'm not trading Tyler Bertuzzi. I'll 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 work it out in the off season. Like that, this, this is stuff that this is why Stevie Y gets paid the big bucks because these are decisions that have to be made that are just, it, it's tough to comprehend what the, every decision you make could be a very crucial, critical decision. You know how it is with the final work that you work in Cindy, where every decision, every decision you make, there's always 
a reason behind the reason that you made the decision. And sometimes it could pay off in your favor. And sometimes it could absolutely, you know, just blow up in your face. And that's just how it goes. It's That's what happens when you're in that spot. Well, you know, the one thing that Stevie Y will do and any good leader will do is regardless of how the those decisions turn out, you own them. Yep. You own them. You accept responsibility for what's happened. You make necessary changes and you move on. And that's what I think you've seen happen behind the scenes in the Detroit Red Wings organization is exactly that. And it's not just Stevie Y who's doing it. It's Derek Lalone. It's Dylan Larkin. It's all of the leadership on that team. And now it's filtered down to the roster players and they're going I own it. Okay. I'm going to own the fact that we're not where we want to be. I'm going to make changes. I myself personally, am going to do whatever it takes to turn this thing around. I think that's been the conversation in the locker room. I think that's been, and I think that's part of the culture that they've all bought into. And now that they have done that, you are seeing what has been talked about for months behind closed doors is now manifesting itself on the ice. And that's why they've won seven out of their last 10. Yeah, it's it's funny because um, it's funny because like we talked about it before when they signed David Perron, when they signed uh, Andrew Cop, like those guys in the in the leadership position, you know, I think they've been good for Dylan Larkin because I there was I think there was a pregame I was listening to where David Perron literally went to Dylan Larkin and said, "Listen, just we're gonna get through this, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get make a playoff push." And David Braun, being the player that he is and the place where he came from in St. Louis, they made this same playoff push. And who's to say when you go into the playoff, let's say they make the playoffs and you go into the playoffs and you're on a you're you're on a tear, you, you you've been playing good hockey for two months. Who's to say that you don't win a playoff series? Because you know, in hockey, it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, there's been teams that have been total dog crap, like the LA Kings the one year. And they were eighth in the, and they were the last team to make the playoffs, and they made a run to the Stanley Cup. We've seen the Blues sure. make a run to the Stanley Cup. I mean, you get to that point where they just start believing in their own stuff. And it, it, hockey is one of them weird, the weird sports where you can be the best team in the league the whole year and get and get and get rocked the first round. It's just the way it happens. We've seen it with the Red Wings for years. Like they would, they would be number one team in the league and then next thing you know they're gonna be by the uh la kings who were, were the last team in the playoff like that's just the way hockey works and and when you're on a when you're on a confidence tear you could you could totally beat teams that you're not supposed to a hundred percent and it's all a matter of too the again you had these people coming back from injury you've had these guys coming back that had been gone and that changes the chemistry that changes the dynamic and i will tell you that the Part of the reason why I believe Dylan Larkin is really just, as you would say, Joe, gone on a tear lately, it's the people that he's being surrounded with. He's being surrounded, you know, Fabry is back, Bertuzzi is back. These are guys, you know, any good leader uh, surrounds themselves with a, a complimentary support staff or support group, okay? And I think Dylan Larkin's got his support group back. He's gotten back the guys who have made a difference for him and helped him be a better leader and helped him be a better producer and everything else. So I, I think in, in turn, not just Dylan Larkin, but the other guys that you're seeing being performers, same thing. I mean, just th their people are playing with them now 
I think they're taking a personal accountability and responsibility for it. And at the same time, the guys who are faltering or the guys who are in a slump or the guys who aren't playing their game as well as they know they could are getting a lot of support from these guys who are, they're saying, you know what, brother, I got you. I'll come in, I'll step in and I'll get it done until you find your game. That's exactly and what, that, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. And, and you know, what the, and you know what the, the critical thing is, let's say, you know, obviously Larkin's on a tear right now. Let's say Verona comes in the lineup and they go on a super tear. I mean, that's just things that can happen. You know, we talked about this when I, when I was saying that they're going to make a run. I, I, and I betted them to go to the playoffs at, like, what was it, plus 3,500? Yeah. I put 10 bucks down. Little did I know this would actually happen because now they're, like, I think they're they're plus 1,000, which is huge, huge turn in the odds. Like Absolutely. It, just, it, it tells you that Vegas is, 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 is listening Vegas right knows. Vegas knows everything. <laughs> and, and they and they change their odds every once in a while because, you know, obviously they don't want to get they don't want to lose money, so they're changing their odds. And that's the plus. That's even, right. When you lose when when they move the plus the odds plus fifteen hundred in the other direction, that means they're you're in the right direction. Like they're not moving the they're not moving the odds because oh the Red the Red Wings fans like no they're moving the odds because they don't want to lose that money. You know what I gotta tell you, I'm sick and tired of hearing people talk about how the Red Wings suck and trade this guy and trade them all and whatever. I, I, I'm done with that fair weather fandom. Okay. Um, that you're not Columbus. Okay. If we were sitting here and we were Columbus blue jackets and you said, you suck. And if you see, they're like, did you see what their plus minus is Joe? It's like minus 85 or something. It's insanity. Their, their goal okay. differential now, is absolutely. Yeah. Unreal. I mean, now you can say you suck. You know, that's one of the most disappointing teams in the NHL. I mean, you signed Johnny Goudreau to a huge contract, and and that's one of the contracts. You know, that's one of the people we thought about getting for the Red Wings, and that hasn't paid off. And you know what? Credit to Stevie Y because he didn't go out and, and sign a big name free agent. He signed the free agents that are going to make the most impact for this team this year. And I think that he wanted to see what he had in this team this year, and he's finally starting to see what's happening. And I, I credit to Derek Lalonde though. This is one of the things that I think is the most important. He steered this team through some rough waters and, and kept them afloat. And I think that one of the things that, you know, Blashill did wrong was he would get them through tre- uh, treacherous waters and then they would fall apart. The loan, it's been the exact opposite. He steered them through the rough waters and now they're starting to sail off into the, into the sun. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I, I think – you can't underestimate, you can't underestimate uh, uh, the coaching uh, precisions of Derek Lalonde. Um, just the way that he has managed the team's crises, both personally, he's got, he's had players with a lot of personal crises and he's managed those plus the physical injuries. Um, just all the challenges that have come his way. Uh, he has very artfully uh, navigated it and, and, um, uh, manage those situations and uh that's that is what has put his team to a certain extent in the position that it's in so that when he finally gets all these assets back on the ice they're ready to produce and that's what you're seeing yeah i think it's gonna be interesting to see what we see in the next week or two uh especially since the trade deadlines come up but man it's 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 again it's been one of the most rewarding times of being a Revenues fan because you know, you're finally starting to see this team 
step out of the rebuild and step into meaningful hockey. And I think a lot of people are starting to take notice because, like, you know, we see it in the podcast numbers. I mean, obviously, when the Rebels are not doing good, it's it's not really that great. But in the past couple of weeks, it's been great. So, obviously, we're going to keep you informed on the Red Alert podcast throughout. And we'll be back next week to obviously get you through and tell you what's going on. Obviously, there's going to be two games before the next podcast. So hopefully they win the next two and we'll be, we'll be, we'll be jiving with that. That's right. It'll be, again, we're going to take a look at the complexion of the playoff picture every week on this podcast and where the Detroit Red Wings are positioned in it. And we're going to give you hope if you start to lose hope, but we're going to be with you to ride the wave. And I guarantee you, Joe, I believe the wave is coming. I just remember, I just remember people. I was the one that told you this first. Even yes, my podcast, even my podcast partner had doubts. <laughs> but, but I was Joe, having a moment of weakness, Joe. Everybody has them. Okay. I expected better from a leader <laughs> of a community, uh, you know, in the, in the great Macomb oh. County, uh, you know, leadership. Expected better, but you know who knew? Joe Stardamus knew. knew, knew. <laughs> all good. Thank, thank God I have you. Thank God we, we all do. We are getting through. We, exactly. We got through it. And you know what? It's not a, like like my mom used to say when I made uh, when I would make uh, crucial mistakes. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. But I've but I'm, I'm still proud of you, Cindy. Well, then I must take some accountability as we were talking about earlier, being a leader. I've got to take some responsibility and uh, redeem myself next time. <laughs> just. <laughs> So this has been a great podcast. Obviously, we've we've talked about all the Rebels that are doing really good, and obviously the Rebels are – it's been a hell of a streak, Cindy, so let's hope we can keep it up. Let's go. All right. We'll see you guys next week on the Red Alert Podcast. Have a great week. See you then.